Carbs are bad. I can't eat that. Can I eat fruit? My friend told me not to eat watermelon. So boy, does that sound familiar to me, Grip? It really does. I think I hear that all the time. There is so much confusion around what to eat, particularly carbohydrates. Yes. Yeah, there sure is. So we need to talk about that. I think that would be great to really spend yeah. some time trying to understand that. Welcome to the Sweet Support Podcast. In this podcast, we'll explore the joys and challenges of fitting diabetes care into your life. With curiosity and compassion, we'll show you how nutrition, a personalized approach, small steps, and supports will give you a map for day-to-day health decisions and self-care. Here are your hosts, Mary Ann Evans-Ramsey and Migret Fletcher, diabetes educators and dietitians for Wentworth Health Partners. How are you today? Well, so we're going to um, have a little sugar chat today. Going to get, uh, you know, more completely digging into why we focus on carbs with um, our clients with diabetes. Trying to clear up that confusion. I think it's a great idea. It's so easy to demonize a category of food. And you and I, and for those listeners who don't know, we have more than one gray hair. Um, <laughs> Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, we got well between the two. Well, salt and pepper. Yeah. So, but anyways, we've grown up enough where you know cholesterol was bad, and eggs were bad, yeah. and then fat was bad, yeah. and then carbs were bad, and and it just you know if you wait long enough, everything's bad. And so I think that you know our perspective on things is that if somebody wants to sell you something, they're going to demonize it for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, unfortunately, carbs are in the crosshairs, aren't they? Yeah. And it's so attractive to sort of um, single out the enemy. It is. Because it allows us just to kind of put all our energy into oh, one. Right. Right. And then we're going to, then we're going to fix it. Exactly. Solve it. Yeah. You know, because it's the simple. It is. It's really simple, right? Right. And yeah. we're saying that with a real schmirk on our yeah, face we because are. we know that, you know, was it Margaret Mead said, man would rather change their God than change their diet. Yeah. So yeah. changing your diet is never simple and it's mm-hmm. never easy. Mm-hmm. And people will say, oh, I changed my diet. And I'm like, yeah, for how many minutes? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's not like we've changed it for 20 or 30 or 40 years. That's really, yeah. that's a that's a very different thing. And I think when yeah. we demonize one food group, you know, it makes us feel good for that hour or a week that we're able mm-hmm. to follow mm-hmm. through on it. But I, I really, it's really not having a big impact on our health. And so this episode, we would really like to kind of dig in and really kind of understand a little bit more about carbohydrates in particular. Yeah. And I think while there are these truths when the, within some of the recommendations, it gets like really blown up, like just amplified like in its focus so so anyway in our digging um i'm just going to give you a little quote from one of my 83 year old uh, clients who is a very good record keeper and tracked his blood sugars and he came into the office and said i have some bad news the food i like doesn't like me oh my gosh i have heard so many people say that 
And it just feels like once they come to that place, they feel like I can't eat foods that I love. Yeah. 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 It's a huge sense of loss. Mm -hmm. So what are we talking about? So here we really want to kind of go back to that insulin knife episode where we ask those three questions and really trying to understand that your body's ability to make insulin has declined with the diagnosis of diabetes. And so we're imagining that we have a smaller knife. And so not only do we have a smaller knife, but the amount of work we're asking that smaller knife to do is less than before. So if instead of having a 20 inch knife, we have a 10 inch knife, maybe now we only have a five inch knife, we have a much smaller knife. So how much chopping can we really do efficiently with a five inch knife? So we really wanna look at how much work am I asking my knife to do? This is really what we call an insulin load. Your insulin can only take so many carbohydrates and when you ask it to, to process more of those, it, it, it can't really do that, it kind of falls behind. So we do wanna be aware of how many carbohydrates we're having um, and just really kind of focus in on those carbohydrates. In order for us to space them out throughout the day, so we are not overwhelming our insulin knife. And there's a lot of confusion about carbohydrates and I think a lot of times people are like, I can't eat yogurt or I can't have milk or I can't have fruit. Um, and that isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about distributing foods that contain carbohydrates so they don't overwhelm our knife, so they don't overwhelm our body's ability to process them. Does that make sense, Marianne? It does. And I just, as you had mentioned, we do have another episode that goes into the detail of understanding what's going on with diabetes with the knife analogy. So please reference our previous episode uh, that has to do with understanding diabetes. And that, that can, if you're curious about that further, it will really help you understand that mm -hmm. um, connection with carbohydrates. Um, so you're right, our, a lot of our clients will come in and thinking that they can't have any carbohydrates. So let's back up, let's review where our calories come from. Um, they come from carbohydrates, which we're referring to as carbs today, um, proteins, fats, and it also comes from our alcohol. And these are calories. That these are calories. This right. is where we're getting, and we often refer to them in our dietitian speak as macronutrients, but these are your calorie sources. And macronutrients are, these are things that have energy in them. Yes. They and are fuel sources. They are fuel. So this is how we fuel our body. Right. You know, it is a little bit hard to think about fueling your body with alcohol, but uh, it is a calorie source. Absolutely. Right. And it's surprising for a lot of people, they're really unaware of how many, not only calories yeah. they're getting, but yeah. how many carbohydrates they're getting from alcohol for mm -hmm. sure. Right, right. So we're also going to then break this down to where do those carbohydrates come from? Although we have lots of clients coming uh, in our office and they'll s identify, you know, several sources, but there's a few that, you know, people are missing. Um, so 
They're in all of our grains. So that would be from wheat to rice to oats to barley. Any grain that we ingest has carbohydrates. And, and thinking about grains, the form that we would find grains in might be things like cereal, pasta, yeah. Yeah. bread, crackers. Those are how the wheat and the barley and the rye, those are the products that they're made out of. Right, right. Um, those are really common sources in our American diet. So we also have starchy vegetables, which includes potatoes, corn, peas, our favorite parsnip. Um, some of the winter squashes are more starchy, um, but also in our beans and dry beans and legumes, like our chickpeas, um, our lentils, our black beans, those baked beans, baked beans yeah. And uh, we do also find it in milk and yogurt, which has lactose, which is a milk sugar. We find it in our fruits, all fruits and juices. Uh, that's in the form of fructose. And that's a common misunderstanding because I, I hear from my clients all the time, I don't know about you, but they are like, well, some fruits are, have you know, sugar, don't they? Well, the truth is they all have fructose and that's their primary source of calories in the carbohydrate form. Um, and then we have added sugars from sweets. Um, you know, what we typically think of our desserts, um, maybe our snack bars, um, but those sweets can often come in the liquid form, our beverages, soda, sports drinks, energy drinks, iced teas, lemonades, um, the fancy coffees, well, it could be hot, could be the cold, like the cold drinks, the coffee drinks that are kind of like more like a milkshake, mm. a little bit. And, uh, and then um, beer is one particular um, higher source in the alcohol category. Mm -hmm. yep. Is there anything you would add to that? Are those Like the culottas, the mixed drinks. Oh, right. I always yes. like to say drinks that come with umbrellas, yeah. drinks that come with straws, drinks yeah. that are on fire. Yeah. Often <laughs> have carbohydrates to them. Right, right. So it's important to know where they come from and that that's a pretty good comprehensive list. Yeah, and that by knowing where they come from, it can help us become aware of carbohydrates versus neurotic. Right, and, and so the, then after I go through the list of where they come from, I often hear this comment, oh, everything has carbs. Yeah, me right. too. So, but if you think, just think really carefully, there are several things we did not mention and those would be in the protein and fat category. But we're gonna focus on the carbs today, so just moving on from that, just keep in mind, it is not all our foods. True, true. Now, a lot of my clients will say there are good carbs and bad carbs, and I think that this is another one of those marketing messages. You know, they oversimplify nutrition to the point of inaccuracy. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so this is where it gets really, really confusing. So we've already talked about macronutrients, and macronutrients are to provide our body with energy. That is how we fuel our body. But when we look a little bit deeper, we also have to understand something about micronutrients. And micronutrients are things that don't have any calories. Actually, what they are are things that help our body function. They help our body prevent disease. And so micronutrients are 
the vitamins, the minerals, the water, the fiber, those are the things that we want to be part of our macronutrient. So all of our macronutrients have to provide us with our micronutrients. And so they're connected, but they're separate. One of the things I always like to tell people is, is it just people with diabetes that need good nutrition? I love that question. <laughs> I love it. And so I have people like, oh, you have diabetes, you have to eat a sweet potato. Yeah. I'm like, huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you're human. Don't you need good nutrition? Yeah. And people are like, I don't have diabetes. I'm like, you're alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So good nutrition, having your body function, which is a nice way of saying peeing and pooing, and preventing disease is part of everybody's diet. We want our body not only to have energy, but we want it to function and we want it to be able to prevent disease. So that means that we want to choose nutrient-rich foods. These are foods that are less processed. These are foods that have a lot of vitamins, minerals, fiber, and that we want to hydrate our bodies so we can can go to the bathroom, which I know it seems like an old person things, but the moment you can't go to the bathroom or you can't pee, trust me, you'll visit the hospital and it's all bad. It's yeah, just, yeah, and you're not happy. <laughs> you're not happy. <laughs> you really, as dietitians, we know all about plumbing problems. Yes. And nobody yeah. likes a plumbing problem. No, Even plumbers no. don't like plumbing problems. Yeah. So, yeah. But examples of foods that are less processed are going to be foods that are like a whole grain, or they're going to be foods that are maybe plain milk or whole milk or uh, a baked potato or a roasted potato versus like a potato chip or, um, you know, whole grains like a, um, a cooked oats versus an instant oatmeal or even, you know, a steel cut oat versus an instant oatmeal. So we can start seeing that the level of processing will often deplete the amount of micronutrients in a food. Great, well said. So then we have the question that we referenced earlier is the thought that, you know, I can't have any, so can I have carbs in my diet? And the answer is yes. Um, in fact, um, as we look at what a diet or a nutrition plan, meal plan would look like for someone with diabetes, um, we will reference uh, here that the American Diabetes Association position is that there is no one approach to the optimal diet for diabetes. But we are going to look at the carbohydrates. The focus that we have is on each meal. Um, Carbohydrates are digested in one to two hours after eating them. That is when they're affecting the blood sugar. So we want to consider that time frame in that idea that we want to distribute our carbs through the day. Um, so the amounts will vary on what the carbohydrates are for um, an individual. So the factors that we're considering are, what is your age? What is your uh, gender, your sex? What is your body size? 
what is your activity level and then for you as you begin to work with it is what is the blood sugar response so the general range that tends to um, be a starter point is somewhere in the range of 30 to 75 grams at a meal from carbohydrate and that's quite a spread um, however we have to consider the things that were just mentioned um, so the personalized discovery over time um, on what is the best amount for your body with diabetes is is it meeting your energy needs is how is that level helping your blood sugar so this is the part about personalizing your plan that we will continue to advocate for becoming aware um, creating some experiments with the carb carbohydrates learning like what does 30 grams looks like what does 75 look like what does 45 grams look like um, and being sensitive to the changes that you might have in your activity level what are you getting from the other macronutrients like the proteins and the fats and how is that complementing your fuel needs when you're considering different carbohydrate levels so again personalizing your plan is going to be a process of discovery absolutely and when we share this with clients the reactions seem to run the gamut like for some people 30 or 75 grams of carbohydrates seems like way too much and other people they'll say oh my gosh that's too little like I, I can't possibly eat that small amount of carbohydrates so really what I'd like to do is walk you through what does that look like so here's an example just imagine that you had maybe some pasta some meatballs and some sauce so we're just going to walk you through that so if you had pasta and let's just say you had maybe two or three cups of pasta and you had maybe two pieces of Italian bread and a glass of milk and maybe three meatballs okay so we look at that in and we might say how many carbohydrates are in that and we can recognize well there's carbohydrates in the pasta there's definitely carbohydrates in the Italian bread and there's also carbohydrates in the milk and there may be a few carbohydrates in the meatballs and there may also be some carbohydrates in the sauce as well now when a patient goes from eating that diet which would be a very carbohydrate rich they might say well I have to have I don't know like some chicken or pork and zoodles and so they've gone from a meal that might have 75 100 or 120 grams of carbohydrate to a meal that has five or ten and so the disparity between those two is so extreme it's a unlikely to be appealing and b it may be too much of a restriction to actually be enjoyed or a sustainable plan but Marian what are your thinking when so yeah I'm just I, I love the contrast because I've seen both of those mm. and um, just to clarify for those who might not be familiar with zoodles um, those are the various um, vegetable shaped noodle like pasta looking like shapes in vegetables mm. like 
I've seen uh, zucchini. I've seen like what butternut squash. I, I think. have seen butternut squash, um, zucchini. I think I've seen summer squash. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen you know spaghetti squash. I think oh, was right. the original yeah. zoodle. Right, right. You know? That didn't have to go through any kind of machine or anything exactly. like that. And I think they have like cauliflower rice now. They do. Too. They yeah. do. So they have a lot of yeah. kind of vegetable as an alternative to yeah. carbohydrates. Yep. yep. And you know, in a creative sense, there are things you can do to, you know utilize those things to lower your carbohydrate um, amount or even to um, increase your vegetable intake which right, is to meet know, that need too. exactly I mean right, we love right. to have some of these things just because we think it's a fun way to eat cauliflower or a right. fun way to eat zucchini yeah, tasty you know people are saying oh it tasted great you yeah, know put it in a stir fry and it's terrific but yeah. we're not eating it to replace the carbohydrate we're eating it as a vegetable and I have heard creative um, ways that um, the clients are approaching that. So they might recognize, you know, it's really hard for me not to have pasta because, or it's hard for me to have pasta when I think about if I eat a cup, I'm going to get 45 grams. So if I, I'm used to two or three cups, I'm 90, 135. Mm -hmm. um, I've noticed that's really hard on my blood sugar post meal, um, but I've heard some creative solutions. People are, you know, not necessarily going to that extreme with, I'm just gonna replace it with zoodles, which brings me down to like a 10th of what I was eating, mm -hmm. but uh, maybe I do half and half, mm. you know, like it's those experiments. So being really aware of the potential for going so far, mm -hmm. you know, in dropping it, to what are some ways to modify and play with that amount right. and learn. Right. Like what the heck am I getting from the zoodles? What am I getting from those other meals where I would have more? Right. Or maybe I just, I love my milk with my meals. So I'm keeping that. Right. And that's one of my major carb sources. I love a tall glass of, you know, of milk and I hear that a lot. You yeah. know, so yeah. hey, you know, can play focus with that. on on what you really are craving. And we had mm -hmm. talked about mm -hmm. that in another episode. Just really turn and say, you know, what do I want? And you get to be in charge, and then ask, what do I need? So if you need vegetables, hey, maybe the zoodles will fit. But again, the part is is that we're aiming for a balanced diet. We're not aiming for a carb free diet. And I think that, you know, as we talk about carbohydrates, so many times people are focusing on the pasta, but they're missing some obvious sources of carbohydrates that people forget to look at, like beverages, whether they're hot or cold. And I cannot tell you how many times I've had people come back and they say to me, my blood sugars are all good now. I'm like, what was the change? They go, oh, I had no idea that there were so many carbohydrates in my blank beverage. And could be iced tea, could be soda, could be coffee, could be so many different things people are yeah. drinking. And they come back and they go, I just cut that out. Like, and yeah. I've had so many people come back and say, well, you know, my blood sugars were really high and I was so thirsty. So I kept drinking orange juice, 12 ounce glasses of orange juice. And I'm like, oh, they're like, after I saw you, you explained that 12 ounces of orange juice is like 60 grams of carbohydrate. And I was like, well, that's a no-brainer. I'm just not going to drink orange juice when I'm thirsty. 
and my blood sugars came right down. My A1C got back into target. So sometimes just by being aware of where our carbohydrates are, you can find this low hanging fruit and you can just say, you know what, I'm eating the pasta, I'm getting rid of this other stuff because I don't care about it. Yeah, yeah, and just, I, I've heard that story so many times and as well, and the um, one of the ones that stands out to me is the drive-through coffee that's mm -hmm. iced, and it's got all the shots and the, yeah, the extras that mm -hmm. make it sweet, and that's what somebody's, you know, going their morning is, is the liquid... Um, Carbs, meal. yeah, liquid meal. And they're not eating whole foods with all mm -hmm. those vitamins, minerals, and fiber, but they're filling up and fueling their morning. It's I like to call it kind of a false fuel because it's not nutrient-dense, and it's got the caffeine, and, you know, it's all that. But when they look at that, and then I, so many men that have come, um, it's just a common story that I hear is they are looking at their snacking. Mm. You know, and a lot of times it's the night snacking. Mm -hmm. You know, they take a look and they start to shift that a bit, or maybe it's just snacking all day. Mm. You know, so those are common yeah. stories that we get. Yeah. So, um, so just sort of in terms of um, some of the beginning things that you can do is think about the quality of your carbs because we're going back to reinforcing nutrition as a foundation for your health. You could consider um, what is often referred to as slower carbs. Um, these are things on, that are rated in a system called the glycemic index. We'll include a reference in the show notes. It is, it's one thing that you could look at for foods that might give you less of a rise in your blood sugars. So those tend to be the less processed foods. It's not always the case, but you might want to explore that as well as um, just getting a higher nutrient value in there. Um, you could start with some small changes. Um, maybe you would um, take your you know, commercial um, yogurt and continue, consider switching it up to doing plain yogurt and adding your own fruit, which might modify the carbs as you look at, learn about how to, um, what their values are. You might consider less packaged mixes for um, your foods, such as your rices or your pastas, um, maybe spicing it up yourself with herbs, spices, and different uh, oils. You might consider, as I mentioned earlier, what I've heard from the creativity of our clients is you might mix spaghetti pasta. I mean, spaghetti, yeah, I'm sorry, take a spaghetti-shaped pasta, mixing it with spaghetti squash and making a blend. Um, and from the perspective of lightening your load is just considering focusing on one meal. Maybe you start with breakfast. Um, breakfast can surprisingly be high in carbs. Um, a common breakfast that I've heard over and over again is the cereal, milk, fruit or juice, and maybe some toast. Um, it's a very easy breakfast. It's a good, like, on-the-run breakfast. Unfortunately, it tends to be high in carb because the amount that you need to feel satisfied is often high. Um, the alternative, um, well, another breakfast that I often hear that are a little bit surprised uh, patients or, or clients are surprised to hear are high. 
And the carbs is when they get a breakfast out at the restaurant, eggs, toast, home fries, juice, where we've got the toast, home fries, and juice as the carbohydrates. So starting with breakfast might be your place. We already talked about starting with the beverages. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is like all about lightening your load. You don't need to tackle that all at once. Yeah, and if you wanted to, you might look at um, the meal that we seem to eat the most at, which is often dinner time or that evening meal. And that might be really looking at, um, you know, how nutrient dense are the carbohydrates that we're eating? Can we shift to the whole grains or, you know, maybe some of the ancient rices that we have out now? So there's different kinds of rice on the market now, including things like black rice or wild rice, which are really, really nutrient dense. You might want to shift and say, you know, are there ways for me to include more of those low carbohydrate vegetables to offset my carbohydrate intake? Maybe I could have a different balance of fats or proteins at dinner time so I can feel really satisfied as well. And as I mentioned before, uh, so many of my clients do start with their snacking. So that's another place that you could start. Um, I have heard repeatedly that people refer to their ice cream at night as kind of a habit and it's a versus kind of a once in a while thing. It's a nightly thing. So they often have taken a look at that. Well, could I switch it up? Could I have something um, either smaller, totally replace it with something else? Um, could I get uh, those, like what do we call them? The, frozen the novelties. Frozen novelties okay. that are portion, it's a set portion. Yeah. You I see what you're eating. I love right? those, absolutely. Yeah. And million options out there, there now. There are, and you can really, I think just because they're pre-portioned, mm -hmm. nutrient-wise, they're not too crazy in carbs, which right. is great. Right, and it does give you a sense, sometimes that cue as a pause, like mm. you, all right, I just ate a bar. I ate a little, you know, cup of something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I see that. I can pause, I can say, have I kind of met my need? Mm -hmm. You know, and it uh, gets you a chance to reflect. Um, and then there's often that sort of might be mindless snacking on um, crackers or or nuts. Like I, a gentleman, one elderly gentleman once told me as he came back um, uh, for a, a second visit, he said um, around his nut habit of mm -hmm. eating that I can have a handful and not a canful. Mm. Which I thought was quite wise. <laughs> mm. And a lot of alliteration on that yeah. as well. Yeah. So those are a variety of places that you could just lighten your load and start somewhere. Right. And, you know, if you're feeling like, hey, I'd like a little bit more support, you can meet with either Marianne and I individually. We can help you personalize your plan. We also offer a couple of nutrition classes, include food choices, um, which is really great, and that's really about meal planning. And I just found a great resource as well, and it's called the Diabetes Food Hub. So if you Google Diabetes Food Hub, um, it's this really wonderful program, completely free, available from the American Diabetes Association, which will help you do some meal planning and really learn a little bit more about nutrition. Oh, that's awesome. I like that. I haven't heard of that, so I'm going to look into it. Um, and if you're not in our within our region, um, you can consider uh, looking for a dietitian. 
um, in your area or um, a diabetes educator who is also a dietitian um, to assist you in starting to personalize your plan. And if you're on Medicare, it's really important to recognize this is one of your benefits. So don't say, oh, it costs too much money, I can't afford it. Because you know what? You get to come see us. We are part of your diabetes plan. So utilize us. And I think that's the thing that surprises people so much. They think, oh, I can't afford it, it's too expensive. And I'm like, nope, we're a benefit. Yeah, and hey, if you've got private insurance, take a look at what your benefit is for diabetes education. Exactly. It's really important to find out what that is um, so that you can get the care that you need. Absolutely. And support, big Ab- on support. Big on support. That's what we're about. We're passionate yes, about our support. We are. We are. So um, there will be some uh, resources like the one that you just mentioned in the show notes. And um, I'd like to stop here and just do a, a ending gratitude. Really, in terms of our... Um, listeners out there with diabetes, which we assume most of you have diabetes or pre-diabetes, we have this appreciation for your willingness to move away from the extremes, Um, the extremes that are really supported in society and our culture around um, dietary change. They're often the glitzy, um, restrictive, um, popular plans, and we just want to appreciate your willingness to consider um, some of the ideas that that we're having that are not the extremes that allow you to enjoy your food fuel your body and also allow you to stop and listen and honor your body and honor your diabetes and learn and be curious about that find the right plan that works um, for you yeah so thank you Thanks for listening. Wentworth Health Partners offers a variety of programs to support you on your health journey with diabetes. This includes our monthly support program, two nutrition classes, and our two diabetes self-management training classes. Our classes include Eating Well with Diabetes, This is our nutrition class that covers the essentials and offers a way to end the confusion and start you on a personalized plan to better eating with diabetes. Food Choices for Diabetes is our nutrition class that focuses on the strategies for making effective and painless changes to optimize your health with diabetes as you continue to build on nutrition. Living Well with Diabetes is our self-management class that will help you understand diabetes learn about the goal of care, and discover how to live a vibrant life with diabetes. Health Choices for Diabetes is a self-management class that discusses ways to get active, develop strategies to overcome roadblocks, answer questions about medications, and identify what to do when managing illness. Additionally, individual appointments are available for diabetes education or nutrition consultation. Lastly, We all need support, so please join us for our monthly diabetes community education program. Meeting with your peers provides education and ideas on a variety of topics from nutrition to medications and self-compassion for people with diabetes. It's easy to participate in this free monthly program on Tuesday evenings at Wentworth Douglas Hospital. Please go to the Wentworth Douglas Hospital website, wdhospital.com. 
Click on the News and Events tab to see the monthly program topic. While there, you can find full descriptions of our programs under the Specialty and Services tab, which leads you to the Diabetes Services page.